Welcome to another episode of Younger by the Minute. I am your host, Jamie Spicer, and I'm here with my lovely co-host, Jennifer Spicer. And today we would like to talk about... So we're going to talk about ways to stay on track with certain goals. So whether they be health and wellness, fitness goals, or if you're chasing a dream of opening a business or at school or you know, just became a parent, whatever that may be, sometimes it's really hard to stay on track with those goals. Right. And no matter what your goal is, um, you just have to remember like life doesn't stop because you have goals, dreams, and, and ambitions. Um, the day-to-day stresses, the kids, the work, holidays, birthdays, let's just be honest, just a crappy ass day is going to happen. So how do we prepare for those days? And I know for myself, um, and the thing that I tell my clients is the fact of you can't expect yourself to take care of other people if you're not taking care of yourself first. Everybody deserves at least an hour, even if it's 30 minutes, but an hour a day to take care of themselves. And that could be going for a walk. That could be yoga. It could be exercise. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that you can be doing for yourself, but the prior, the big thing is, is to make sure that you definitely take that time to one decompress for yourself, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's the middle of the afternoon, or if it's right before bed, but you, you definitely deserve that time. You do. And, you know, it, in, to back up a little bit, you know, we were thinking about what we wanted to record today and we're coming off of a pretty hectic week. You know, we worked six days this week. You were in the office six days. I was in Chicago for what, 30, no, not even 28 hours total, maybe. And, you know, just a lot of moving parts and variables in there. And we have our own fitness goals. Summer is coming. And, you know, I, I think it's always funny when people think, oh, we just, you know, it's so ritualistic, but it's not. I mean, we have the same troubles that everybody else does. We're running a company. We have lots of barriers. And actually, even when you own a gym, I'll be the first one to tell you sometimes getting that workout in is the hardest thing possible. Right. And so I think there's just ways to combat things so you don't have those barriers or blockages interrupting you when you want to reach those goals. And life doesn't stop for those goals. And you're going to have major hiccups. You're going to have certain things that happen that are completely out of your control. Right. You know, and I know people will look at, you know, people like, like they'll look at us or they'll look at people that are in shape and they think, God, it must be easy. You know, they're in great shape. What do they know about me? You know, I have these problems. You got to remember, we all have our, our issues. Um, My issues are different than your issues, but they're still issues. And I can still use those excuses um, to prevent me from obtaining my goals. But I can't let that happen. You know, failure is not an option in my book. So, you know, the, the one that we'll start with is <clears throat> when's the best time to work out? You know, that's, you know, working out releases dopamine and, 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 certain. Uh, uh, well, it helps release dopamine and serotonin. It helps Thank you. rebalance your neurotransmitters and it also helps, you know, regulate cortisol. Right. Thank you. Got a little slipped up there, but <laughs> My answer to that is you got to work out when you can budget that time and focus on yourself without disruption. That means put your phone down, work out, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's in the middle of the afternoon, or if it's in the evening, you just got to do when it, when it works for you. Well, and I think so. I think in order to achieve anything, you have to be 100% crystal clear 
on whatever that goal is. Because if you're not clear about the goal, then you really don't know how to manifest the goal. So that's why we create vision boards. We are firm believers in vision boards. We did that with our team at the beginning of this year. So we can see how we do with that. But you have to be clear. And if you even if you listen to certain motivational speakers, like even Tony Robbins, like you cannot say, oh, I just want to make more money. I want to make $100,000 more this year. You have to get clear because the more clear you are, it does something different in the brain and it allows you to actually achieve those goals even better, if not so surpass them. Then after being clear, you have to get organized. And that's, I think what you're talking about, you know, organization is going to help you with planning. You you have to become self-aware. You have to look at your day and see when your workouts are going to best fit in. And then that way you're not setting yourself up for failure because otherwise when you start missing those workouts, it becomes a cyclical thing. And then that negative self-talk starts and you're just beating yourself up on the inside and then you can actually go backwards. Right. You know, and the fact is, is you're going to sacrifice something, you know, no matter what it is. So if you're you're not sacrificing time to go work out, then you're sacrificing your health because you're not working out. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're, you know, depending upon what type of nutrition plan that you're on, if you're on ketogenic, then you're sacrificing carbs. Um, But there's always some type of sacrifice. And like you said, there's some, you always have to be committed to it and you got to give it, give it time to set place into it. So structuring your day um, is really important because if you're not prepared for the day with food, then what are you doing? You're spending 20, 30 minutes trying to figure out what you're going to eat. Then you're waiting for the food to get there. And there's been an hour's passed. And then probably at that point, you've probably already been snacking on something mm-hmm. you're not supposed to because you want too long without food. So kind of what you're saying is the first thing is getting yourself organized and structured is mm-hmm. critical towards no matter what goal that you're working on. Yeah, you have to have a plan. So if you're not so get clear, get organized, and then create a plan. And I, you know, there is research that shows, you know, so many of us are addicted to our phones and that's because the phone releases dopamine. So basically we're a whole bunch of dopamine addicts. And that's why, you know, you see things. Dopamine is a very addictive neurotransmitter thing that that's why heroin, you know, I don't, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, but there's evidence that shows if you make a list and you're actually physically writing things down and crossing it off, you get a release of dopamine. So you can retrain and rewire your brain to become more reliant on different, more healthier things. And that's going to help you long-term. So I use a full focus planner. It helps me map out my days, my weeks, everything in advance. It helps my brain work a little better. I know you have different things that you do, Jamie, but it's very, very important to plan. And if you don't, if you fail to plan, then you know, plan to fail. I think that's how it goes. Correct. If you fail to plan, then plan to fail. That's an old one that's been around for a long time, but it's it's very true. Um, if you're not, you know, planning your your days, your your weeks, and your months, then the next thing you know, they go flying by, and you didn't get anything done what you were like you were supposed to or being planned on doing. Well, and I want to talk a little bit about that because I I went to Chicago and I was staying at a Marriott. It was a new Marriott. Marriotts are very nice. Everything was great, but you know, I brought two meals with me for my lunch, and I figured, okay, I could do a clean breakfast and I can do a clean dinner. I know how to order clean off a menu. Well, what I didn't take for account into account was that their one restaurant wasn't open yet. By the time I was done with the training on Thursday, I was exhausted. It had already been past the time I was going to eat, which is fine. I planned accordingly and, and, you know, kind of beefed up my other meal. So, you know, I, 
ended up having to make the best decision that I could make, but it still wasn't the best decision for me. And I totally felt it. And so it's just funny. So next time I have to travel or we have to travel, I'm going to plan on looking everything up ahead of time. So I know what I'm walking into before I get there versus assuming, okay, if they have a restaurant then they can make me something clean to eat because it might not always be the case. Right. And that, you know, that's a good point because, you know, let's just face it that, I have yet in my lifetime find a restaurant that doesn't have chicken, steak, mm-hmm. fish, salads, vegetables. Um, you can order your potatoes plain. You can order um, appetizers like uh, cocktail shrimp. Just because you're eating out and stuff like that is not an excuse to completely go eating like a garbage can. You know? No, and actually they couldn't. They couldn't make me a plain chicken. Right. Um, and I don't know if it had to do with that or whatever, but I did a bunless burger with Brussels sprouts. It was fine, but it right. wasn't the same. <laughs> right. So, you, you know, you kind of got to think outside the box. And another thing you can do to prepare, um, like we've done before in the past, is we'll look up Google, mm-hmm. like areas for pre-made meals, because mm-hmm. they're all over the place now where you can find uh, companies that have pre-made meals where you can have them. Um, there's companies that actually ship, um, can ship to your uh, hotel if you plan it out in advance enough. Um, of course, you can always just prepare in advance with like packages of almonds, protein right. powders and stuff. So again, we're getting back to like being prepared and being organized. But the one thing that I also learned, and I I should have remembered this, is you need to call the hotel and make sure one of the refrigerators is cold enough right. or if they have one because my food went bad. You, in, in, I've had times in New York City, like you, you can, but they can accommodate you if you call in advance and if you just take an extra couple minutes and figure that out. Um, so besides planning, and I mean, and that's for everything, you've got to plan everything. I mean, I know it's kind of a pain in the butt, but honestly, it makes you slow down and connect with yourself and with your goals. And I think that's the other thing is like just being self-aware, be self-aware to what triggers you to where you might make bad habits, be self-aware to, you know, maybe you start feeling like you don't want to go or you're not motivated. Maybe you just need to go outside and take some deep breaths and just have a mental reset, you know, 100%. I will say I do find it um, very common in the fact that so many people are prepared for a lot of things in their life. You know, their, their uh, bookkeeping is organized. Um, their, their kids sports are organized on what they're doing, where they need to be. Of course you're organized at work so you can do your job, your capability, but the one thing I really find that people don't do is they don't organize themselves or pre- pre- prepare themselves for their for their health, for their mm-hmm. fitness. Um, you know, they just go to the gym whenever they can find a way to fit it in, or they don't make the time to have the prepared meals or make the t- you know wake up a little bit earlier to get breakfast in. They're just basically winging that area, and then they wonder why their health is so poor. Well, if you're going to be organized and everything else, your health to me is probably the number one thing that should be organized again, kind of going back. If you're not taking care of yourself first, how do you expect to be mm-hmm. optimal at your job? How do you be, um, expect to be optimal as a parent, as a spouse, as a friend? You know, you're, you're just, you can't be. You can't be, you can't pour from an empty cup. And that is something that they actually drilled in our heads in nursing school. But ironically, the healthcare system sets nurses up for failure with making them completely empty. But it's true. And if you do it and you stick to it, and that means, you know, your water intake, limiting the amount of caffeine, because we are so used to being stimulated on caffeine and other stimulants and 
getting a way to, you know, to really get back to yourself. And that's the biggest thing that I think working out does for me personally, is it allows me to reconnect with myself and get out of my own head with everything that I have going on. That's just circling in my head. So when I'm on my A game, then everything else trickles. I think I'm a better spouse. I'm calmer. I'm a better friend. I'm a, you know, I'm better at my job. I'm better at everything. Right. What else do you do? Um, Cause I, I know you do a little bit more than I do for self-care. Like what are the, some other things that you do? So I get almost a little bit too ritualistic and structured, but it's imperative for my anxiety. So, you know, every morning I like to do my cardio and that really helps set my, my brain up. And then I meditate and I've actually been meditating now periodically through the day because I found that it was really easy to meditate in the morning when nothing had really hit me from the day yet where I have found that I could really benefit from meditating is maybe like right after a stressful situation at work or right before something like I meditated before I went into the trainings that I had two trainings this past week, um, just to make sure that I was 100% present for what was coming next. And I was kind of cleaning my brain for what had happened prior. The other thing that's been helping is kind of doing some deep breath work at night. So I would say at least three times a day, I'm trying to do breath work to reset my central, like my nervous system and all that. Um, I also am a firm believer in taking Epsom salt baths because it's really detoxifying and relaxing to the body. You know, when you take an Epsom salt bath, you're actually giving back some magnesium to your body and we deplete magnesium so much. So that helps everything. And then, you know, my daily skincare habits and making sure that I keep my appointments for myself. So, you know, whether that be therapy or it be my Botox treatments or a massage, just taking a second for myself because then and turn on better for everybody. Right. And then, you know, I, I get a lot of enjoyment out of the infrared sauna. Yes. I Uh, really like to sit in there. I do my best to turn my phone off at that point. Um, again, just do some self-reflecting. I know another thing you like to do is hot yoga. I know you try Mm -hmm. to at least make it once a week to that. Yes. Um, so, you know, even getting outside again, just in the middle of the afternoon, just going for a walk, um, can be a big stress reliever too. Um, I like to do that sometimes, in the middle of my day. And that's why I actually like working out in the middle of the day yeah. because um, it, it de- decompresses me from the morning stress and sets me up. So then I can focus on my afternoon stress and my afternoon clients and be 100% focused with them. Yeah. I love our midday workouts and I know you've actually, we'll get back to this, but you've been actually kind of playing around because you realized midday was kind of getting challenging for you. But one big thing that we both like to do in the morning that helps us, and I do it when I'm getting ready, it just puts me in a good kind of primes my brain is listen to motivational speakers on YouTube or listen to something that's interesting me that I'm learning, you know, whether it's an audio book or something like that. Like I, I getting ready to start that toxic book, which talks about mold toxicity and all of that. Right. So it's, it's pretty interesting. If you just stay focused, you can realize that when you're motivated, you can actually amplify that motivation by what you choose to listen to, to read, to, you know, focus on. Yeah. I used to listen to them when I had, was coming in at five in the morning for clients, I would listen to motivation videos because, you know, I'm dead as tired in the morning <laughs> and I need everything I can get. Um, and I would listen like David Goggins, Ed Millett, Tony Robbins. Um, but yeah, all that stuff just is putting positive information into the brain which is setting you up for the day instead of being negative about, man, I got to go into work. I'm tired. You know, I wish I would have slept more. It just sets me off on a bad day. So 
there are definitely times where I wake up like that, but that's why I really listen to those videos on the way into work because it just completely retrains my brain to think more positive and be grateful for what I do have in my life because it could be taken away at any moment. It absolutely could. And I think that's, that is the other thing, you know, showing gratitude and express expressing gratitude when you choose to focus on gratitude versus you know, oh, I should have done more of this or look at what this person has or whatever. You just start to remove yourself from the precious gift that life has given you. So I guess really it's finding an intention, getting clear about it, being organized and plan, you know, to make sure that you execute it, but then be grateful and be grateful for when it gets hard. Because in those hard times, like the times that you're tired, the times that you don't feel like eating healthy, the times that you don't feel like, you know, calling that extra client or whatever it may be, it always ends up paying off because on the other side of that, it's always bound to have something positive happen. 100%. And as far as like getting clear, um, one of the things I know we sit down personally and do, and we do it with our staff, um, we do it at the beginning of the year, we do it um, mid-year too, is we sit down and we create a vision board. Mm -hmm. And we set up the things that we want in our life, the things that we're striving to, to do, the reminders of why we get up and do the work we do, even when we're tired and we don't feel good, um, is to focus on those vision board goals. And I do know for a fact that is 100% true that they work because a lot of the things that we've put on a vision board three, four years ago have all come true. They do. And I think that's because we're setting you know, a goal with intent. And then you're also being forced to look at it and remind yourself. And really that's about a why. So you can have your why be something of a pain point. Like you don't want to have this health condition. You can have your why be the family that you want to provide for. You can have the why just be because you freaking want it, you know, whatever that is. But if you have an emotion attached to whatever that specific goal is, you will automatically magnify the amount of motivation that you're going to have behind it. And it's also important to make sure that you set them to be specific, but also measurable and attainable. So that way you can track, like, I know you take progress photos. So do we, so that helps your clients kind of stay motivated because we forget how far we've come sometimes. Absolutely. It's really easy to nitpick yourself on a day-to-day basis, especially when you're watching that scale and forget how far you've come over the last three weeks, the last three months, six months, or even for some people a year, Mm -hmm. because you're so focused on the right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the big thing of it is the closer that you get to your goal, I think two things happen. I think the anxiety of wanting to get the goal done or getting there goes up. And I think your fear level goes up, too, because you're so close to obtaining it. You're almost kind of painting that picture in the head in your head. Like, is this really going to happen? Am I really going to do this? Am I going to succeed at this? And then you're already kind of in that negative talk starts in your head. Like, what's going to go wrong? What's going to happen? So it, this can't be this good that that's actually going to happen for me. So I think, you know, having goals that are short term, but I think you also need to have big goals that are long term that are basically somewhat feel very unattainable. Right. Uh, That's how we talk. I mean, we set those goals up with our, with our team members that we set up an income goal that, that they think might be grossly unattainable, but we've never missed a financial goal personally, business-wise, or with the staff, because we do set up those highly 
uh, attainable goals. Well, yeah, there, well, they, you have the lofty one, but then when you break it down and you kind of break it down to a daily average, right? Because when you look at what you want to make in a year, that's a lot of money. Right. But then when you break it down to like go by quarter, go by month, go by day, it's like, oh, okay, this is achievable. Right. But the other thing is, is having a support system, having a mentor. We've had mentors and support systems for everything. And I think that's a big deal. Yeah. Um, what, what we call it, you got to get your hype squad. Yeah. yeah. Have your own hype squad. And mm-hmm. like you always say, I like that, but like even Michael Jordan had a coach. Right. You know, so what we do here at Precision is we are coaches for nutrition, you know, fitness. We're coaches for health and beauty and then also precision medicine, which is proactive healthcare instead of reactive healthcare. And that's the biggest thing. You want to be proactive about your goals. You want to really embrace it and and believe that you deserve it and change the mindset because a lot of us have this mindset like there there's that poor um I forget the actual name of it, but it's like a poor person's mentality. Right. A lot of us are thought, okay, we, we shouldn't, we're never going to have that, or we're never going to believe that we can get that, or we don't deserve it right. or whatever it may be that, that those inner deep feelings are always what's going to get in the way. So if you figure out what your trigger is going to be and learn from whatever that setback is, because when you have a setback, most likely it's from a trigger and, and you want to beat yourself up, but that's how you actually learn how to grow through some deep you know, emotional wounds or trauma or childhood stuff that is going to help you later on. Right. And it also comes back to like who you hang around with, yes. who your inner circle is, who are you around the most? Um, and, you know, sometimes it's unfortunate, but you will outgrow people in your life, including family members. Um, and that's okay. That doesn't mean that you're better than them. You know, something that was told to me a long time ago, and I was very fortunate to have it said to me, there's, there's a difference between being confident and there's a difference between being cocky. You can be confident with your goals, just don't be cocky about it. So even though that you're outgrowing friends or family and stuff like that, that doesn't mean that they're bad or you're that much better. It just means that your direction in life is different. Mm-hmm. And in order to excel and move forward, you've got to scale and, and hang around with people that have the same goals in life that you want to do i know we've heard some terms what's the one with uh, the chickens yeah you, you know <laughs> if you want to soar like an eagle don't uh hang don't hang around with chickens, chickens. <laughs> you know um it, it that's just this is one analogy that you can use um but you know i know for a long time uh, when i used to have a place down at the ozarks um i had a count on a boat i would go all the time and i would go by the big millionaire homes and look at one day I'm going to own one of those. And I know I had that feedback on my head, like, you're crazy. It's never going to happen. You know, our family wasn't born in the money. We're just not like that. But the, the fact is, is like, it is attainable. There's a lot of people that uh, you read a lot of entrepreneur stories that came from absolutely nothing and are multi-billionaires now. So if they can do it, we can do it also. But you got to have, again, like we talked about from the very beginning, you got to be very clear with your um, wants and your needs and your goals. You got to be organized. You got to be structured and you got to be disciplined and you got to sacrifice that you got to sacrifice time and a lot of things in order to get there. But that's just one way of kind of getting there. I think there's, I mean, it's not just one way. It's kind of the only way. So, and it doesn't really matter what you're chasing. So a goal is a goal and you're going to have barriers no matter what it is, because otherwise it wouldn't be a goal. It's, and you know, if it's fitness and health and wellness and someone that's been overweight their entire life, yeah, they might have some barriers that are different than someone else. However, 
if you align yourself with the people that can help you, like get your blood work, find the right doctor, hire a coach, same with business. If you have a business goal, get a mentor, you know, do some business classes, take control of your life and take control of your goals. Because at the end of the day, if you didn't reach it, I hate to be 100% honest, it's your fault. Right. It doesn't mean that you didn't have a real barrier that, you know, God forbid someone got really sick or, you know, you do have a chronic health condition though. That is just another way or a setback to set yourself back up. And when you accomplish something that you've been telling yourself you couldn't do, or you have your family projecting on you, like when we've opened, you know, the business, they, our family gets a little nervous because they see all the work or all the sacrifice. So they kind of project and it's really coming from a place of love, but it sounds like, you know, it's fear and, you know, they're just trying to protect us. When you get past that, you really start healing some deep stuff and you really just start, everything starts falling into place. And then you hit a level and then you hit a new barrier. Right. And it's just the way life goes. Right. Was it that one uh, new levels brings new devils? Yep. So, you know, once you level up to a new thing, there's going to be new obstacles. There's going to be new challenges. Um, you know, life, again, doesn't stop because you want to be better. Um, one thing I know we talk about, too, on our nutrition side is like, People will talk about how, you know, it's expensive. Well, everything's expensive. But, you know, when you look back, like, what are you investing your money in? Like, so you talk about your health and you want to be better um, all the way, all the way down to your skin. You want your skin to be better. You want your um, psychology to be better. Um, you want your body to be better. You want to be better at your job and all this stuff. But what do you invest your money? In? Are you investing your money into alcohol, poor food and stuff like that? Or are you investing your money into quality food? hiring someone to actually teach you how to eat appropriately for you. Uh, you know, you brought up the fact that, you know, like Michael Jordan didn't stop having coaches just because he won a championship. He still had a shooting coach, dribbling coach, nutrition, like anybody needed that man to show him how to shoot a ball, but it kept him accountable and it kept him from picking up bad habits and losing his touch. So, you know, what you invest, what you're investing in, is it investing towards your future for the positive or are you just invested in things that are holding you back? The same thing as like going back to like poor friendships. Well, or thoughts, what thoughts are you investing in? You know, we all have the same, you know, ability to have negative and positive thoughts. And one analogy that I really like that I actually learned in yoga is, you know, when you're having a negative thought or when something enters your brain and this helps with meditating, pretend like it's a cloud just passing by, let it go, just let it go. Because when you start to train your brain to let that stuff go, it does start to wash away a little bit better. And, you know, one other thing I really want to make very clear is we don't know what tomorrow brings. So learn to love the moment right now, have empathy and compassion for yourself and learn to pivot because shit's going to come up and just take a moment, you know, have a, whatever frustrating emotion might be behind it and pivot. And if you mess up or something happens, have emo have empathy and compassion like you would for a friend or your kid or your spouse or whatever that may be, because holding on to it does nothing. It's over. It's done. Move on. Yeah. I think the big thing, like we're saying is make sure throughout your process, no matter what it is, you celebrate your wins. Mm -hmm. Remember your losses. Remember what you learn through the losses or the hard times. So you're less likely to repeat them, but never forget your wins because, you know, you're going to go through highs and lows. It's called walking through the fire. Every time you walk through the fire, it's hard at that point in time. You don't understand why you're going through it, but there's always a lesson to be learned. And on the other side, when you walk out of it, 
you walk out that much better of a person. I 100% agree. And, you know, the other thing that I was going to say is, you know, we talked about support. It's really important to make sure that the people that you do care about, as long as they're not going to be haters. um, But like, for example, with with spouses, if one person starts a meal plan, it's really encouraged that another one either starts or is at least on the same page because that can be really challenging. So you want to make sure you have your support system, understand what your goal is and why you're, you have this goal. Right. You know, I, I talk to our clients, you know, it's when one is wanting to do something, another one isn't, you know, it's almost like, you know, if two people are smokers and one wants to quit and one doesn't, and they, the, the non-smoking person comes home and they have to smell the smoke every day. And it's a constant trigger to them on to re-smoke, right? Um, which is fine. I mean, you can't expect someone else to jump in on your goals. But like what you were saying is like the other person doesn't need to be negative mm-hmm. to that person because they're wanting a positive change in their life. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, what that kind of t- speaks about kind of speaks more. It's their fear coming out. Mm-hmm. And you're kind of a reminder to them that this can be done. They're just choosing not to do it. So instead of seeing you succeed, they want to see you fail and come back and play in their sandbox well, they might with their even, bad habits. They might not even be thinking about it that much. Like people just don't like change. So when they, you know, and they don't not even, they might not even know why they don't like change. They right. just don't like change and they might need to process it. And so you know, just those conversations and having honest conversations is important. The other biggest thing that I would say is really important is to have faith and whoever you choose to pray to, you know, pray and just get clear and have faith that it's all going to work out. I mean, God is very much a center part of our life and we make time for it. And I think it's another way to show gratitude. Absolutely. I know the biggest, biggest thing I've done for myself um, with, you know, been in business for seven years. We've been in a relationship for almost 11 um, both of our relationship and the business started out with a lot of fear. You know, mm-hmm. my fear was, um, I'd really get to like you. Mm-hmm. Um, and the more I started falling in love with you, my fear of losing you went up and up and up, um, was not constructive for the relationship. And the same thing with the business. When we opened up the business, my fear was failing, um, having to, you know, the, the people that didn't believe in us, you know, they would like, well, told you they couldn't do it. He wasn't good at this, wasn't good at that. The fear of like, what will we do next? So a lot of fear was there. But once I learned how to control that fear and use fear as a motivator, my whole life changed because it stopped enabling me from doing the things I needed to do because fear was just a huge distraction and distracted me from my goals. But once I learned how to use that fear as a tool to motivate me to do better, I think our relationship and I know the business is all like significantly increased since then. But we had a goal and we were very clear about the goal and we worked hard at going over those fears. So like we've talked about it before with the whole bullying, probably some of that lack of self-belief and self-worth came from being bullied. So you started bullying the inner bully, you know, like you're not going to let, because it's funny, we hold on to things from childhood or, you know, we have a friend, a mutual friend and it's a girl and someone in grade school told her she looked like Beavis from Beavis and Butthead. She's still carrying that around. Right. I mean, in that like one person and think about all the good things that have probably been said to her. It's crazy. We hold on to the negative. We, and our brains get wired to think that way and we get trapped. So I think it's really admirable that you're talking about that. Right. 
you know, I, I've joked before and I'm saying like, I think I've literally bullied myself to, to success Yeah. because I can't let myself, again, like I said before, failure is not an option to me. I don't know what the word no means. Um, and I've, I've used that to be successful in everything I've done. Um, you know, I was cut from my hockey team, my junior varsity year. I didn't let that define me. Actually, I went out and I actually skipped school to go play pickup hockey to become even better. I made the team the next year. Um, you know, I was told I wouldn't be a good manager, but here I am. I own, we own our own company. We have 14 employees. We're all thriving. So yeah, I, I think I've kind of taken that inner dialogue that was said to me and I kind of used it as a tool again to make myself successful. Well, and let's also just talk about that for a second, though, because we are still people that are imperfect and we're healing. Um, you know, sometimes being too driven is also something that you've just, you just have to be self-aware of. Like, I realize that I don't even let myself kind of have the wins or the accomplish, like right. feel that because I once I reach a goal, it's like, okay, on to the next. And you have to sit in that and allow yourself to feel it. Otherwise, you're just chasing something continuously and that's not healthy either. So self-awareness is a huge part. Right. 100%. So um, do you have anything else? Do you want me to recap it? No, I think that's pretty good. I think we're at a recap point. Um, you know, I highly encourage everyone. I hope this helps you. And I really hope this encourages you to do some self-reflection, to do some planning. You know, I hope you create a vision board, um, you know, create your own hype group, your hype team. Um, yeah. I And, you know, I think it's important, again, getting clear, setting attainable goals, both lofty and very down to like, just short and long. Um, removing the negative self-talk, the negative people, being your own hype person and having your own hype squad, filling up your time with things that are going to fill you up versus suck you dry and take away from you. So whether that be meditation, sitting in the sauna, I highly recommend both of those things or listening to certain podcasts or anything that's going to help fill your brain with positivity. Remember that it's going to get challenging, but those are where the lessons and the best work come from. And then being empathetic and compassionate to yourself when something does happen and being self-aware, try to analyze your thoughts and, and triggers and, and setbacks and see what comes from that. Because at the end of the day, you know, I think we all really, you know, think, oh, well, if this happens, then this, if this happens, then that, if, if I get to this goal, then I'll be happy. Happiness is a state of mind and you can be happy doing the work. So just remember to enjoy the moment and live each day to its fullest. And I would say, be patient and be kind to yourself and know that we believe in you. So go take on the world and don't let anybody tell you that you can't do it. That's right. All right. So good luck to everybody. And thank you for listening to another episode of Younger by the Minute. Thank you.